What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast. It's your boy, Ari, here, and I'm with my guy, Kyle. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we're worried about. It's a brand new segment, and Kyle will kind of go into that. So Kyle, you want to take it over for here? Yeah, so today we got a, we got a segment that we're going to go through. Uh, we're going to call it How Worried Are You? Um, on a scale from one to five, and I'll explain each of those rankings. Uh, we're going to just discuss four teams and how they've started out and just our level of concern with their play so far. So, like I said, it's more through zero through five. Uh, zero is if you're a bench warmer on the 2017 Warriors, you're not really worried about anything because you know you're going to win the championship. One is you're defending Ben Simmons at the three-point line. Um, you don't necessarily have to, but there's maybe a one in a million shot. He hits that shot if he takes it. Two is you're the Lakers and Marcus Gasol fouls out of a game. So you have to close the game with Montrez Harrell, which you're not too worried about because you still have Anthony Davis. So that's still a minimum level of worry. Um, level three is you matched up with the Blazers past the first round of the playoffs. All, all depends on how their two small guards are playing. Four is you are in a game six versus the Warriors, meaning you have to play against game six, Clay Thompson. And then level five, which is the number one worry, is the Clippers have a 3-1 lead and you're a part of that team. So the first topic that we're going to talk about in the how worried are you segment is the Atlanta Hawks. So the news just came out, I believe it was today or yesterday that John Collins, he, um, he was unhappy with Trey Young regard, regarding how the offense is being handled in Atlanta. Uh, he's saying that uh, he's unhappy with the early shots that are continue, that are happening in the shot clock that freezes out a lot of players. Um, the report came from Sam Amick of The Athletic and Chris Kirshner. I hope I said that correctly. If I didn't, forgive me. Uh, Colin said that he wants the team to get into more offensive sets quickly. And rather than sh throwing up early shot clock attempts that freeze out players, they, he wants to have more, more ball movement involved and uh, more of a flow to the offense. So what do you think about this whole situation going on in Atlanta? And what's your level well, of concern? All right. So if I was John Collins, my level of concern would be around a four. Just because, all right, so he didn't get that contract extension. And he was probably looking to kind of bet on himself, kind of the way that Brandon Ingram did when he didn't get the contract extension when he was with the Pelicans that one year. And then Brandon Ingram went off and he kind of basically got the most improved player. And then he got a huge contract. So Collins was probably betting on himself. And he probably figured that he'd play super well and get that huge contract. And it's probably why he never got to work out that contract extension. So usually when a player's in that state of mind and things aren't going too well, like things are going so bad for the Hawks. Um, I believe they have a positive uh, record or they're four and four right now. So it's not bad at all, but it's not good at all either. So Collins hasn't been playing extremely well. So sometimes when things like that happen to a player that's always been a good player, or one of the best players on the team, they kind of look for excuses. So if I was John Collins, I probably would think in the back of my mind, like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm about to get traded right now, or this is going to happen. Because they did draft another uh, a rookie center. So we all know that John Collins isn't the best defender at all. I mean, that's just something that he kind of has to worry about. But if I was a Hawks organization, I would be probably closer to a, a two, I would say, just because you know that John Collins, like he's, he's making some valid points. I mean, if it's not going down that toxicity route, but like 
this is just something that the Hawks need to work out as a team. I don't think it's something that's going to carry out and become a toxic environment for the whole team. Um, if Collins doesn't end up working out for that team, they have that new rookie center. Um, I don't I can't even, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Onyeke Okongu. Yeah. He was a Onyeke. six pick. Yeah, yeah. And he's supposed to be a really good defender. So that's one thing that John Collins can't do himself. So if, like, if the if I were the Hawks and if I were the fans, I wouldn't be too worried at all. And I mean, Trey Young has been off to a kind of a slow start compared to last season. He isn't being as efficient, and he does have he's averaging like about five turnovers. So that's one thing I'd worry about. But overall, I'd give that situation probably a two in the sight of the Hawks. What about you? Um. So in terms of the Atlanta Hawks, I would agree with you. I would put that at a two, which. One sec, I have to bring up the scale again. Uh, what level was that? Oh, that was the Marcus Saul trust thing. Yep, so in terms of the Atlanta Hawks, I would agree that's a two. Um, see, I kind of sort of agree with John John Collins on this. Uh, last year, if you look at the Atlanta Hawks roster, um, they when Trey Young would leave the court, their offense would tank because Evan Turner, who's out of the league now, was playing a lot of backup point guard for them. Uh, they still had 75-year-old Vince Carter on the team, and he was playing, like, legitimate minutes for them. Um, and uh, as well as John Collins ended up getting suspended for 25 games last year. So this year they they definitely uh, they improved their roster. They put multiple ball handlers, such as a uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, next to Trey Young and Rajon Rondo as well. And I think Trey Young is obviously great at what he does with the ball in his hands, and he can – create a lot of mismatches and create a lot of opportunities for others but at the same time you kind of have to uh, blend in some off-ball play with the on-ball brilliance of Trey Young at the same time not to only make your team better and give other guys the ball um, to not only keep morale high but also make your team more unpredictable but to also make Trey less predictable because when he's off the ball if he's not doing anything uh, teams can kind of scheme against that you know what I mean so but in terms of John Collins, you're definitely right. You got to remember they also traded for Clint Capella last uh, last year, and now he's playing. He's looked pretty solid for them. And as you mentioned, they drafted Onyeke Okongu. So there's a there's a chance that he could be traded, and that's the reason that they didn't give him this huge extension. So uh, in terms of the Atlanta Hawks, I would give that a two. But in John Collins, I would say I would say that's a three, and the level of concern for John Collins. So do you wanna do you wanna take it away with the next one? Oh, that that those are pretty fair points. So yeah, let's go on to the next one. This is all you. So the next one we're gonna talk about then is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they've got on to a little bit of a slow start this year as compared to last year. Um, the last night they played versus the Dallas Mavericks in a game that I watched, and that game came down to the wire. Um, I thought after so what happened in that fourth quarter was that. Maxi Kleber hit like four threes. He hit like the, the lead taking three with like a second left. And I don't know, it might just be me, but I watched Nikola Jokic and this guy, he just always somehow hits a crazy shot at the end of a game. And that's exactly what he did in the end of regulation, hit a two point jump shot and got the, um, got the nuggets to into overtime where they ended up losing to the, to the, Mavericks where Luka Doncic had a great overtime um, I don't think this is any I don't think this is a problem because Nikola Jokic he's been awesome so far this year if the if they had a, like an above 500 record if they were like a top three 
top four team in the Western Conference. I would say he's the MVP right now as it stands, but that's just not the case currently. They're second in the league in offense per basketball reference, offensive rating of 115.6, but their defensive rating is 115.6, which is 29th out of 30th. So they're not defending well. What What is your level of concern with the Denver Nuggets, and what do you think their biggest problem is? Um, I would give, honestly, I'm not worried about them at all. I'd probably have to get them uh, a one just because, I mean, this is a team that we know can play super hard. Uh, they can play well together. They have chemistry, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, like these players can all play together. The reason why I think they're off to a slow start is, I mean, they kind of had a shorter off season than most of the other teams do. And that's not really much of an excuse, but I just feel like when you got players like Jamal Murray that just had an incredible bubble, like a bubble run, I guess you can call it. And then he just kind of has to, you know, shift and refocus. It's probably hard on him. Um, another thing that I'm kind of worried about is, you know, Jeremy Grant is not on that team and he wasn't putting up crazy numbers or anything like that, but he was really like a low key kind of glue guy that would be able to defend. And he was kind of a switchy wing that could pretty much defend anyone from the guard all the way up into the, like pretty much the, almost all the backcourt, right? So he was a good defender. He could knock down shots consistently. So that's just one player I feel like they're missing. And on top of that, Michael Porter Jr. kind of has to step up his game in order to fill that role that Jeremy Grant had, but they're not the same exact player at all. So that kind of makes it hard. And on top of that, of course, um, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't been playing because of uh, the the viruses, protocols, and everything that goes with that. So just to quarantine an extra 10 days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel bad for Uber has him in fantasy. <laughs> Sad. I feel bad for them too. Um, I agree with you. I would give them on a scale from zero to five on the how worried are you scale, I would give them a one as well. Um, Nikola Jokic is playing out of his mind. Right now, he's the best. He's the best center in the league right now. Um, it's still, I would say the gap is widening slightly between him and Embiid. I would say he's better right now, though, just because his numbers and what he's doing are, is insane. Uh, he's really a, he's a matchup nightmare for anybody in the league, really. Um, Jamal Murray just has to be more consistent, really. He has to not just put up 30 one night and then the next night have like 18 or 19 and not really do much. Um, they are missing Michael Porter Jr. That can be understated because he's a guy that they're looking at to take a big leap this year because in the bubble, he had his moments. Um, I just hope he can stay out of his own way. Um, you know what I mean? He uh, was quarantining for, I believe it was supposed to be four days because of contract contact tracing. And now he has to quarantine an extra 10. We don't know the specific reason why, but I would hope he didn't break any NBA regulations and rules and stuff, but I mean, it is what it is now for them, but I agree. I don't think this is too much of a concern for them. Their defense might be a legitimate problem, but considering that they lost Jeremy Grant, who's a pretty solid defender, but I think their offense will more than more than enough carry them because I think Nikola Jokic will continue this great play. And I think Jamal Murray will find a level of consistency that so far into the year he's kind of struggled with. Yeah, I know. I kind of hate saying this, but I feel like Jamal Murray is literally so inconsistent in the regular season, and then he turns it up a notch in the playoffs. And I 
I like I kind of hate the argument like oh players are different in the playoffs but it's just like what we've seen over and over again from Jamal Murray maybe it has to do with his girlfriend which I don't want to bring into this um but I don't know what it is <laughs> it's just it's just so he's such a streaky player like he can go on runs where he's just like look like he's the best player on the court there was times in that series against um the Clippers where he was literally legitimately the best player on the court at the time and then Let's not, let's not get carried away for one game. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but still, like, there was times where he literally looked like the best player on the court. And then now it's just kind of, like, wishy-washy, if you know what I mean. But, yeah, no, I definitely see this team bouncing back and with pretty pretty much ease, to be honest. Um, Jokic, okay, can we just take a second to say Jokic has been playing out of his mind so far this year? Bro, skinny Jokic, man. I know you want to read his stats. Let's go for it. Bro, his stats are crazy. He's a center, and I think it's – See, I, I find it more impressive for him to average a triple-double because, don't get me wrong, Westbrook averaging a triple-double is impressive. It is. But for a center to average almost 11 assists, right now he's averaging 25.9 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 10.9 assists. It's more impressive for him to average 10.9 assists than it was for Westbrook to average 10 or 11 rebounds because his centers, Westbrook centers, would box out for him, which would help him get uncontested defensive rebounds. But there's no way that Jokic, Jokic is getting uncontested assists. You know what I mean? He's just – he has the ball in his hands, and teams know that he's, like, the na- the main operator of their offense, and he's continuing to put up insane numbers. And this is a season that I think a lot of people have talked about it, that with a, a prolonged offseason, sometimes players are inclined to not really work out and stuff like that. But this year – they didn't really have that time because it was a two-month turnaround from the end of the, from the end of the NBA Finals to the start of the regular season. So that could definitely be a reason. But anything that it is, because remember last year, Jokic came in a little, he came in a little. I don't, I don't want to say fat, but he came in a little out of shape, and it took him a little bit to get back into the groove of his, into the groove of things and play at his normal elite level. This year, he just hit the ground running and he's just doing his thing. So, with that said, do you want to move on to the next topic then? Yeah, let's go for it. You can start us off. All right. So, the next team or the next how concerned are you topic that we're going to talk about is the Sacramento Kings. Um, So, the Kings are a team that – remember when we talked about those Chicago Bulls last week? uh, We said that they're one of those teams that they might never reach their full potential because you know they have talented players. Um, so with the Sacramento Kings, I kind of feel like that can also be, that can also be talked about because they have De'Aaron Fox, who I've always been a fan of. He's a good player. Uh, they have Marvin Bagley, who they spent the sec- second pick on, and they passed up famously passed up on Luka Doncic, and then they also they have Buddy Heald. They have Tyrese Halliburton, who's looked awesome. By the way, in that game versus the Bulls that they won, I think he scored like 15 points in the fourth quarter and hit a game taking uh, the lead taking shot in the final seconds. But all that being said, currently they are four and four, which not bad. I mean, that's pretty good, but that's not really what we're going to talk about today with them. Um, so recently, I believe it was a couple of days ago, Marvin Bagley's dad came out and said, he tweeted at Sacramento Kings, please trade Marvin Bagley, the third ASAP love coach Bagley, which Marvin Bagley's dad is a basketball coach. So replying to that De'Aaron Fox's dad, replied to somebody saying, yeah, trade him, meaning trade Marvin Bagley. So I just want to know what your opinion is and what your level of concern for this, for the Sacramento Kings is. So in terms of this specific, 
um, event, I guess we can call it an event, I would give it like uh, probably like a three. But in terms of the Kings, I would give them about a four just because like, like you said, this team is a team that might never reach their full potential. They have a team full of young players like Harrison Barnes, DeAndre, uh, sorry, De'Aaron Fox, and the list goes on and on. But there's there's like a certain level of immaturity that comes with the younger players. And of course, their parents want to get involved. And it's kind of weird to say that. But I mean, we've seen it with some other players. Um, and rest in peace. But if you remember um, Carl Anthony Towns, his mom kind of got into it with Embiid a little bit. So parents are definitely a factor um, in the NBA, especially the modern NBA. But I don't really think that they have much of a say or a do or whatever it is on these players. Um, I saw an interview and De'Aaron Fox was kind of just brushing it off. And he was basically, he was all business. And that's something that I really respected out of De'Aaron Fox. Um, I'm pretty sure Marvin Bagley feels the same way. Granted, Marvin Bagley isn't playing that well. And who knows, the Kings management isn't the best management at all. They're kind of really bad at their job. Um, Last thing that I would want to see, and this is something that I'm pretty worried might probably happen, is the management might do something, kind of blow up the team and players will be, you know, moved and shopped and it'll just create like a weird type of environment. That's just my personal belief. I'm not too sure what will happen, but I am worried that this Kings team will never reach their full potential. What about you? What's your uh, rating on this? So this is where we're going to disagree. For the Sacramento Kings, I I agree with you that this is a level of concern. I would give that a three, but in terms of them trading Bagley, I would say that's a zero. I would say that that's basically the same as if you're a bench warmer on the 2017 Warriors. You have no worries in the world. You get to live in California, and you get to play for the greatest team ever. So no worries. The reason for that is what trade value does Marvin Bagley have right now? He has no trade value because he's not playing well. You know what I mean? Um, he's, he's struggling uh, to even post up smaller players and take advantage of mismatches. Uh, he's a guy that if they traded right now, they would not get back value because they spent a second overall pick on him. So you're not going to trade that guy for pennies on the dollar to get nothing back. And then you at, this, at the same time, you can't ask for too much for him because he's not, he's not producing whatsoever currently. You know what I mean? So you're definitely right that this is a cause for concern for the Sacramento Kings, and I hope they handle this internally. And I hope players' dads stop talking about them on – social media and whatever just dude you're they're not they're not your they're yeah they're they're your children but they're not kids these guys are 21 22 23 however old they are in boxers they're all men now and you gotta let them handle their business you know what i mean so that's just my opinion i think that for the for the kings it's something that they should handle internally but for marvin bagley and his status in the team because they can't trade him because they're not going to get anything good and they can't ask for ask for nothing they can't trade him for nothing because they spent they invested such a high pick on him so with that said do you want to move on to the next topic yeah before we move on yo we should make a wager on this i don't know we'll, we'll work out the terms and conditions later but i have a feeling that he's going to get traded or shopped at the very least and you think that he has a zero level of concern right no see i i definitely think that he could get he could get um traded that's a that's a good point but what would they get back for him? Because he's not producing. And But, yo, the reason why I have it so high is just because, like, yo, it's the Kings management. You got to remember some of the dumb things that they did. Remember Bogdanovich versus Heald? You got to remember all those things. Yeah, that, I, I guess that's fair. I mean, 
Yeah, that that healed in Bogdanovich thing doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, it it is what it is. So with that said, do you want to move on to the final team that we're going to be discussing for the yeah, let's go, let's go level for of it. concern yeah. scale? All right, so the final team then is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves started off the season two and zero, and they were really they were turning heads like, oh, are the Timberwolves finally going to be good? They tweeted out last year when they were like seven and four, it's like the um, the capitalized letters, lowercase letters, uh, mocking. Uh, I shouldn't say font, but mockingly saying the Timberwolves are going to be bad, and they proceeded to be one of the worst teams in the league last year. Um, since them starting 2-0 and in that second game, they lost uh, Carl Anthony Towns to a wrist injury. And you just report came out today that there's a chance he might play tomorrow, which is good news. Um, they have lost six straight games. Uh, they lost to the Lakers, the Clippers, the Washington Wizards, the Denver Nuggets twice, and the Portland Trailblazers. So I think all those teams have a very good chance to at the very least be in the playoffs. The Wizards, with the way they're playing, and if they turn it around, they have a chance to be a solid playoff team. But I just wanna, I just wanna see what your level of concern is with the Wizards, uh, not the Wizards, sorry, the Timberwolves, and if this is already a lost season for them. What's your level of concern? Um, well, I would have to give them a four, and this just sucks, just because I kind of like a lot of the players on that team. They're a nice young team, and I thought that they had potential, especially the way they came out. But you got to remember, this is the same thing kind of happened last year as well. They started off really hot and they kind of just fell off. Uh, in terms of how the team will do for the future, I mean, I well, having Cat back, um, I feel like he's just going to go off and he's going to play super well. Like, you got to remember his backstory and, like, of things that happened before the season. So I thought that had to do with kind of how this team was coming into the season, that they were going to be different and that they were going to actually play super well. But the West is super competitive. So it's not like I didn't see them losing a ton of games. So in that aspect, I'm not like entirely worried just because I kind of saw this coming, but I do think it is kind of a lost season. Um, so they're kind of similar to the Nuggets in the sense that their team relies heavily on their offense than it does on their defense. So the reason why the Nuggets can succeed so high is because their offensive capabilities are so much higher with cat back on the floor i feel like this will help out the team a little bit more uh currently they're shooting um they're the 29th team in terms of three-point percentage which just means that they're not shooting the ball at an efficient rate so we kind of need guys like uh delo and beasley to just kind of step it up i mean delo has been shooting pretty well but it's kind of the rest of the team you know what i mean but the thing that has me worried the most on that team is actually Ricky Rubio. Slicky Ricky hasn't been playing um, like he has in the previous season. So I guess, to be honest, I don't see him like having like another good year. But I'm going to have to say this is kind of a lost season. So I'm going to have to give them a four. Uh, you make some good points. Um, for me, I think, and the only reason that I would also give them, I th- actually, I think I'm going to give them a three. Um, I'm going to give them a three because um, the only reason I'm saying that, and it could be higher, you definitely make some good points, is the Western Conference is just so competitive this year. You know what I mean? There's, I think you could legitimately make the case 14 teams that are actively trying to make the playoffs this year um, with the the with the exclusion of the Oklahoma City Thunder because they have like 50 draft picks for the next five years. Um, so they're, I don't want to say they're actively tanking, but they're not looking to be good. Um, so the Western Conference this year is just so stacked. And you just saw it with the Grizzlies. They still don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. And they just lost John Morant. I don't want to say that's a death nail in their coffin. 
because Jaw's looking to come back soon, hopefully. But they're just not uh, – at the same time, if you just even miss that many games, like Towns is already out six, and if he misses tomorrow, that's seventh. And I think you can make the case that that's seventh straight loss for them. And even with Towns, when he comes back, they're probably going to be like a – they're probably going to be, let's say, slightly above 500. And if that's the case, is that good enough to get in the playoffs or even make the play-in tournament? Um, this is difficult to say for them. Um, but no, you're definitely right. I just, I, I really, I root for Towns, man, after what he went through, not only in the off season, but Mac Miller was one of his close friends who passed away. He lost a bunch of family members, which is awful. And it should really make people take like everything that's going on seriously. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that this could be a lost season for them. You're, you definitely make some good points. Oh, by the way, D'Angelo Russell, I know he puts up numbers, but he might be this year the worst defender in the NBA. Like, the worst. He's that bad. All right. That, that's yeah, really I mean, say. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it's not – not every player is going to be a good defender. Um, I feel like he kind of makes up for it on the offensive end. But, you know, that's a thing for another uh, topic. But I just feel like if in order for the Timberwolves to kind of succeed, they just got to have a super good offensive game because – Let's be honest, none of the players on that team are a like good defenders at all. And I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not like they're going to get better at defense at the end of the season. You know what I mean? But yeah, so with that, you want to move on to the next topic? Yeah, for sure. What do you think we were talking about? All right. So the, the last topic is, do you believe that the season has any chances of being canceled or postponed or pretty much anything happening to it? I don't know, man. That's a tough, that's a tough uh, question to ask and it's it's, def- it's a difficult one to answer because you just saw with the NFL that they they didn't care how many players or coaches or whatever on a specific team got sick or got COVID um, they would just continue on the season you saw that with the Denver Broncos when their entire quarterback room got COVID and then they ended up having to uh, they ended up just playing a game without a quarterback um, they put in a guy who I believe was playing wide receiver who played quarterback in like college or high school um the browns they just lost their head coach uh, he's not going to be able to coach in their playoff game versus the steelers and the nfl is not they're not postponing it or anything um i would hope that's not the case uh there was just the news that seth curry um tested positive and that uh, multiple sixers players are looking to miss some games in quarantine which you hate to see the sixers are playing great basketball right now um so i mean i think it would have to reach like a like a huge amount of positive cases or otherwise I can just I can see the season going on but the NBA has been one of the more progressive leagues in American sports so I, I think it could go either way but it's just a very difficult question to answer no exactly that's exactly why I have to give it a three I agree with pretty much every single point that you made um like you said this league is probably more advanced than some of the other leagues um but they do look like they're kind of pushing it one thing that i'm worried about is it's not like the nfl where you got to have every single like you don't like you got 52 players on that team there's like a g league or whatever you want to call it in the nfl i'm not an nfl fan like that so i don't really know but like a practice call that's what it's called yep but anyways yeah like the g league this year is kind of separate from that the nba this year so it's going to be difficult especially like if one player gets positive and then you've got like another player that kind of gets into contact with them. And then now you've got two players, but then let's say 
three other players are injured or have personal problems or maybe another one gets it. Now you only have 10 players. And I believe there's like a limit of how many players that you can have. Because if you remember that Rockets game with the Thunder, that one didn't happen. It actually got postponed just because there wasn't enough players eligible to play on that team. So that's kind of my fear is that like there's a possibility. And I know they're doing like countless numbers of tests every single day, rapid tests. But there is a chance that there could be a bunch of negative tests. I'm not like a doctor and anything like that. So I don't want to go too crazy into all the details. But I definitely see a scenario where it's possible that you know, one team's just going to have it and they're not going to be able to play. And then games are just going to end up getting mixed, mixed up and messed up and postponed and things could go really crazy in the wilds. But I don't think the NBA at, at all are probably going to cancel or postpone the season just because, you know, the vaccine is now out and they're probably just trying to push it until they can make it. I do like that bubble that they had. I mean, everything was pretty much flawless there, except for the players. They were probably living like hell over there, but I mean, I don't think that they're going to do anything like that. And I think the NBA season is just going to resume. Yeah. um, Let's just hope everyone in the NBA can stay healthy and continue to test negative because the last thing that we would need is for basketball to go away. And that would, that would definitely suck. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about today? No, nah, that's pretty much it, man. All right, for sure. So why don't you why don't you take us out then? Man, can you say the other way? No. All right, I'm just gonna ride us out, guys. All right, so that's pretty much it for this episode. Appreciate y'all for listening. If you guys want to follow us, we're on YouTube under the East Coast Browncast. We also have an Instagram, ECB Cast, and that's our general overall podcast where we have it with some of our other friends. It's five of us. This is kind of like the spin-off podcast, Push the Tempo, but we're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. So with that, we appreciate y'all for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next episode.